call me back or I'll call you back, right? Talk Radio. Hi there. I'm Mary Eileen Williams at Feisty Side of 50 Radio, and this show is a celebration of baby boomers who are embracing life as we grow older. But with all of that bad news out there, it can be a little more difficult to feel celebratory these days. So this is just the time to turn to a great read that's guaranteed to engage your imagination and lift your spirits. And our guest today, Tina Sloan, has written just such a book. You'll know Tina from her 26 years playing Lillian Rains on the daytime drama Guiding Light. But in addition to that, Tina has demonstrated her formidable acting skills by taking numerous roles on both the small and the big screens. Plus, she's already authored one of my all-time favorite books. It's called Changing Shoes, Getting Older, Not Old, with Style, Humor, and Grace. But Tina's joining us today to share all about her latest creative endeavor. It's called Chasing Cleopatra, and I know you're going to love this one as much as I do. So without further ado, welcome, Tina. Thank you, Eileen. I'm so glad to be here. Well, we've had the del- I've had the delightful pleasure of interviewing you in the past, and uh, talk about all-time favorite books. You're one of my all-time favorite guests, and I have to say, I was surprised by Chasing Cleopatra because not only are you, you know, you're acting chops and authored this wonderful, which is kind of a self-help autobiographical book, Changing Shoes, but this one is a full, full-blown full fiction. Anyway, I'm going to stop I talking because I don't want to give too much away, but tell us a little bit about the story. Well, I think what I'm seeing, people are calling me or emailing me saying that it's made them feel so good during this period because they escape into it, and it's a page-turner, so they don't want to put it down. I got the idea for it in a dream. I dreamt the love of <sighs> in a dream, and I woke up. And I wrote it down, and I put it under my bed. You know how you writers tend to, I mean, I have a lot under the bed. <laughs> um, and then a few, well, many years later, I saw it and thought, oh, I should do this. And I wrote the love story. And, um, you know, you know what I'm talking about, the triangle. When I say love story, you know what I yes, mean? Yes, I do. Yes, yes, I do. Okay. I mean, it's a surprise to people. As a matter of fact, I get in reviews, oh, my God goodness, I couldn't believe this or this, which I can't say out loud because the twists and turns of this book are so surprising that I want people to not know about them ahead of time. But I, people say, how did you ever think of that? And if I hadn't dreamt it, I wouldn't yeah. have thought of it. <laughs> um, and then I brought it to a great friend of mine who um, is a head of Random House. She has Ian McEwen and Pat Conroy, who's died, but she has really – Margaret Atwood, famous writers, but she's a friend, and she loved the story, but she said, you need danger in it. So then I created my terrorist, and um, because <laughs> my, my son did intelligence in the Marines in Iraq with Al- against al-Qaeda, I had a lot of insights because he had a lot of black op undercover, deep undercover friends, and so I would call them and say, okay, where would I find, you know, the, the, it takes place on Hawaii, the book so that's so nice it's like you're on a vacation in hawaii you know i that's i went and read it the other day myself after so many people had called me and i thought this is so much fun and i feel like i'm in hawaii um <laughs> so i i called these deep undercover people and i said okay where should he be from and they told me and i don't think it's giving well i'm not going to say too much but um because it's in the beginning of the book but 
they told me probably the Philippines was a good place for him to be from because it's near enough to Hawaii for this to all take place. And um, so I started researching it, and I had such a good time researching. Well, it sounds awful to say that, but to make up this man, and he was American by birth, and that's what you find out pretty early in the book, so I'm not giving that away. Um, but to make him up with with friends of mine who were – a friend of mine who was a former head of the CIA gave me one. I didn't know how to kill wow. somebody, and he told me. <laughs> um, and a Navy SEAL <laughs> friend of my son's. I said, okay, I'm, I'm in a helicopter. What, how do I do this? And he, he told me exactly what to do. It was really – I got so much knowledge, though it's a very authentic book. Um, and I have a 44-year-old woman who is the heroine. I have a 55-year-old woman who is just, you know, the perfect mother, the perfect wife. I have a 77-year-old woman who is the heroine's mother, who I think is just hilarious. And then, of course, I have the wonderful 24-year-old young girl who I had the most trouble writing her. I had real trouble there because that's pretty far away from me. But I yeah, called I, young friends. I'm sorry, I'm said, interrupting again. But I did want to ask you that because your characters are so well fleshed out, and you again, I'm very cognizant. I don't want to give anything away either because it really is a page turner. And I kept going, oh no, oh my gosh, <laughs> something would happen that surprised me. And there were plenty of those. But you took time. Each one of these characters is distinct and fleshed out, and uh, did they talk to you? I mean, I know I'm saying. Oh, yes. Oh, are yes. you aware? Did they? Oh, but they must one have. of them, Miranda, the wife, you know, the 55-year-old, would wake me up in the middle of the night and say, oh, I was a gymnast. And I would think, you're a gymnast? I mean, you know, this is I, I've heard of writers talking like that, but I, they, my characters did talk to me. So I remember I got up in the middle of the night and learned all about gymnastics and learned about cheerleading because she was a cheerleader. It doesn't really come into the book except for a sentence, but it made her more interesting to me um, when she had these qualifications. And um, it, it just, yes, they spoke to me. Cleo, things happened in this book that I went, really? You know, I mean, yeah. <laughs> this is going to happen? And I was just stunned, especially some of the things at the end. I was, really? <laughs> Um, But the person, as I said, I had the most trouble with was the 24-year-old. And I called a young girl I know, and I I would say, well, where would I shop? Or where would I, what would be interesting to me? And then I got, I found, maybe, maybe because I was an actress, I was able to go back to who I was when I was young. It took me a while, but I think how you fell in love when you were young and the things that were important and how you wanted an engagement ring and what, you know, that maybe was the most important thing in your life, where at my age, it's, you know, there are a lot of other things that are important, like my grandchildren. Um, you you don't mind my talking like this, do you, Eileen? I'm going on and on. Oh, oh are you kidding? I'm, I'm okay. hanging on every word. No, please continue. Okay. Um, so this 24-year-old, um, you know, I knew how she, I, I knew, began to understand how she'd dress. I didn't really know how she'd talk. So I got young people to sort of talk to me, and i kind of write things down that they were saying, and to get the, the way they talked. It was, it was a different, yeah. it, it was a different lifestyle, and yet the young, young men were easy for me. I don't know, I didn't have trouble with them, but I had trouble with, with Julia, because she was so, 
she had to be so different because she had to be so different than Cleopatra, who's the 44-year-old. Um, and she certainly had to be different than Miranda, the 55-year-old, and obviously Sandrine, the 77-year-old. Um, and I wanted her to have her own personality, which I think you've got more and more. I didn't like her at all in the beginning. She seemed to whine too much. But then I got her to stop whining and start <laughs> becoming interesting. And, 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 and I gave her some things that she will thank me for forever, which I can't say to <laughs> yes, you, right? Yes, she will. <laughs> Gosh, well, I wondered about that because, too, and the other thing, again, not giving too much away, but basically right. the entire book, it takes place over a very brief amount of time. I right. mean, you have Five flashbacks days. and then you have flash- but it, But each one of the characters, too, again, have so, you know, so, so much drama in their lives and not giving that away. But right. also, there is a real knack. I, I've never done it. I've never even attempted it. But to writing dialogue, right? I mean, did you have a coach to help you with that? Or no, that was no, I didn't. Of- I mean, that's, you know, I did soap opera. So I'm so used to dialogue like that. Um, I might talk. I, sometimes I get up and walk around the room and talk as the person. If I couldn't find what I needed to say sitting down, I'd get up and I'd walk around and I'd have her talking out loud to someone. Or I had to have her talk often, the women. The men I didn't so much. That sort of came. It was the women who, it's women who were the stars of this book. There's no question. Yes. Um, the men are, I mean, they're divine. I love Didier. He's one of my favorite characters, um, Cleo's father. But um, the men didn't seem to live up to what the women were doing. Does that make sense? It, well, yeah, they, I mean, well, they, I was going to say, they didn't really play supporting roles, so they were pretty, you know, no, I mean. No, they're strong. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're, they're strong. strong. Yeah. Um, but maybe not quite strong. as complicated, you know, in, as in real life, emotionally complicated or the, you know, the very nuanced, you know, some of right. the women, but. And I think your own philosophy, if I might be so bold to ask you, personal, but I mean, I know you you obviously are a woman who has stretched your own boundaries, taken risks, done all these things throughout your life. So do you have a philosophy on feminism or, or women's you know place in the world or any of those kinds of things you'd like to share? Well, you know, I just went over to the University of St. Andrews in Scotland, you know, where Kate and Will, William went, Kate and Will. Princess, yeah. Yeah. Um, to give a talk to the women there, the young undergraduate women. This is before wow. the pandemic. Um, about just this, about feminism. And one of the things I said, and I've said this quite often, really, is when I was growing up, which was a long, much longer. I mean, these girls were all 20. And I think they wanted me to be very feminist. And I said, you know, we learned how to take care of ourselves. I don't, I'm not talking about if you were raped or something. But if someone tried to hug you or kiss you, we knew what to do. We knew we had to fend for ourselves. Nobody was going to take care of us. So we, I, I remember there were a group of actresses, and we'd all get together once a week on Wednesday nights at a different house. There were six or seven of us. And we'd say, okay, um, I had an audition with so-and-so today. Be careful of him. Or this, you know, and, or this, or this producer um, came on to me or whatever. And so we protected each other. And it was – I would come into a room if I knew somebody was going to be – difficult i'd go in and say mm, my husband's outside waiting for me so i'm sorry i'm i'm, I'm gonna have to 
not talk too long to you or you know i'd i'd have an excuse right there when i walked in the room so that i wasn't um hit on as they might say or i remember one actor put his tongue in my mouth when we were kissing and i bit him you know and and was that was that on live tv too uh, it wasn't live TV. No, it was on. T- nobody, no. nobody knew but him. Because <laughs> I know you've had a, a few experiences on live TV. <laughs> on live TV yeah. Oh no, my was, gosh! I would love to have seen a look on his face in that. Well, I don't think you would have seen it. I mean, you know, I I think he covered it. I don't know what he did. I don't remember. I just remember being so angry that he would do that because, you know, yeah, he he could take advantage of the fact that our scene he was kissing, kissing me. This was long ago. Um. Obviously, this was all when I was in my 20s, 30s, 40s, not, you know, after, I think in your 50s, 60s, you're not as likely to get hit on. As a matter of fact, Tom, this darling guy on our show used to pat me on the bottom, and I would say, this is when I was in my 60s, I'd say, oh, thank you so much. It's so nice. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, after you're in your 60s, and he wasn't being bad. I mean, he was just patting me, saying, laughing, and I would say, oh, thank you, and he sort of thought it was hysterical <laughs> that I was so grateful. <laughs> um, oh, but, God, but Tina. I well, my, my sense of feminism is, you know, I mean, obviously, if something really bad happens to you, it makes me furious, and I think you have yeah. to, you know, fight your fight, but I also think you have to take care of yourself. You have to be prepared. I mean, you know, these women who go out with guns, I mean, not guns, but squirting things in people's eyes, I think it's great. You know, if someone's yeah. coming onto you, squirt them. Or you, you have yeah. something so they can't, and you don't go to their room. You know, I said this to these girls. In the beginning, they had their arms crossed. They were furious at me. I said, one time I put a chest across my door when I was on location for something I was doing, commercial as a matter of fact, because I knew, I knew what was, that guy was going to try to get in my room. And then I went to sleep happily because I was safe. Oh, but, you know, my you, gosh, you took care, you, Well, but you took care of yourself. And you learned wow. sort of how to do it. Right? Well, well, and it, too, getting back to the book for a second, I mean, your characters, uh, especially Cleopatra, I mean, she she knows how to take care of herself for yeah, sure. She, and, again, we'll leave it at that. But, no, well, that, uh, and, uh, unfortunately, that's the first sentence of time the book is running. Almost. Oh, pardon? What? I said that's in the first sentence of the book that she's studying this defense system because I thought it yeah. was really important. Time is running out. Is, or is that what you're going to say? Well, I just I, time is running a little bit short, but I do want to, before we have to close, I do want to add that not only can you take care of yourself by learning how to move chests and doors and watching out <laughs> for things like male companion, unwanted male male companionship, I guess, but uh, but you also, uh, one of the things, again, I think this is fine to say, is that uh, the heroine, uh, Cleopatra, uh, took it upon herself to climb Mount Kilimanjaro, and so did the actress, Tina. Sloan. That's so right. Tell us a little bit about that experience, <laughs> and I know it plays out in the book somewhat. But there are some. So tell us a little bit about that, Tina, because you have oh, the that most was so fascinating. Much, but I also, also in the book, she runs part of the Honolulu Marathon, and I ran that too. Um, oh my gosh! That's when I fell in love with Hawaii. I thought, you know, my husband Steve and I have, have gone to Hawaii with our son when he was little, and I used that hotel or something like it to um, have the family stay there. Um, but I climbed Kilimanjaro at 
probably on my 40th birthday is when I think I summited it. It's 20,000 feet. Sometimes when I'm on an airplane, I think, good heaven, I climbed this high, you know, when they were 20,000 feet. Yeah. I couldn't have done this. Um, But Cleopatra did it in a different way than I did it. I mean, I I was the last one up every day. I'd never met anybody like she did. Um, But... I got the idea of how to do it. I mean, I, I arrived at the foot of the mountain in bright pink, and I had my hair curled, and I looked divine. <laughs> I mean, you and, brought and your all, hair curls. That's, that's right. I brought my hair curled, and just you know, like Cleopatra did. So I gave her all of those, all of how they looked at me when I arrived with my hair and makeup on and in pink, and they were all in in you know earth tones, and they had on you know. They hadn't done their hair and makeup, and they just looked at me like, "Oh, she'll never. She's never going to make it past ten. She's never going to make it past five thousand feet." And of course, some of them didn't, and I did. <laughs> but I, oh, I Tina. It, was, it was very hard for me. I mean, I had a really tough time, but I just kept putting one foot in front of the other, which is how you write a book. I mean, th- that book took me. Chasing Cleopatra took five years for me to write. And that's how I got the voices right. I kept saying, oh, this isn't working, this isn't working, and going back over it and over it. And, you know, and that's how you run a marathon, and it's how you climb a mountain. You just keep putting one foot in front of the other, which is what we're all doing during this pandemic right now. We're just putting one foot in front of the other, aren't we? Well, yeah, and I think I think another thing is that you know they they say keep your eyes on the prize and all that. Well, one of the things for me, especially during this time, is read a book that's going to like Chasing Cleopatra. That's going to take your mind off things. It's going to yes. give you new insights. It's going to make you happy. You're a woman. Do things like that and rather than sit there for hours and watch the news or read all these horrible stories. I mean, I don't watch. I I think it's super important. I mean, I did that. It said that in the introduction, but it is super important for your mental health to take a break from all this and this really is a page turner i i really and you surprised me tina sloan you surprised me i I read it and surprised myself i thought oh this is so good (laughs) (laughs) and i was so involved in it and things were happening and i'm going (gasps) and i'd written it it i bet you were and then when your dreams, and then when your characters wake you up in the middle of the night, say, "No, change that. Do this." <laughs> oh, well, Tina, so what? What do you hope your readers will take away from chasing Cleopatra? Well, that one thing is, as we get older, you're still beautiful and fine, and you're still strong, a strong woman. And 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 I, I, each woman is so different in this book, and yet they all come out winners. And that, and 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 so so do the men. As a matter of fact, I was thinking of starting a sequel with Jake. No, nobody, nobody else but you will know who that is. But because I know that would who be Jake such is, a yeah. very different, interesting place to come from, you know, four years later or something. Yeah. Um, I have a whole thought process about that because I love these characters. A lot of one friend of mine said she read it two and three times because she didn't want to let the characters go, and they kept her from being upset during this this horrible thing we're going through. It gets your mind off it. I don't watch the news at all. I just won't watch it. My husband does. So I know what's going on. And people, you know, I walk with friends six feet apart. Um, One friend every day for like four or five miles, and it makes you feel better. But um, she read it. And sometimes something I love, and I wish people who read it talk to other people who've read it. They have to have finished the whole book. And then, because people have different ideas about it. That's what I find interesting. When people call me and say, 
oh, that wouldn't, I can't believe that happened. Uh, you know, they're, they'll say, that person wouldn't do that, and I think, I wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just sort of nod or look at people and think, really? <laughs> well, it is. it really is. It's a wonderful book. It came out at just the right time. It's the perfect diversion. And before we go, though, please, Tina, in addition to all your book, to both your books and your wonderful work all on TV and the big screen, uh, you have a fabulous website. Uh, and before we went on air, I was mentioning some of the greatest videos. One in particular will have you rolling on the floor. That's right. <laughs> so please tell our listeners where they can go to find out more about you, your work, watch these great videos, and of course get these both of the, your fabulous books. Right. Well, first of all, the books you go to Amazon.com. The Kindle I put on for four ninety nine right now, so I want people to be able to buy it during this time. So I brought it down from twelve ninety nine to four ninety nine. Um, but to have the paperback, I'm telling you, is it's just such a beautiful book. The cover is gorgeous. Um, all right. So that's the book. And chasing, um, I mean, changing shoes, which is full of wonderful advice, is also in paperback and an ebook. I mean, on Kindle. Then Tina Sloan, T-I-N-A-S-L-O-A-N.com is my website, and there are hilarious videos. Short, very short. They're three minutes. But you'll be laughing and laughing and laughing. I hope all your audience, well, all of you who are feisty after 50 will really get a kick out of those videos, I think. I think they will, and I have to say I did myself. So <laughs> Anyway, Tina, <laughs> you, I've Eileen. been so looking forward to this interview. This has been a delight in so many ways. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Eileen. Well, please, I urge everyone out there, especially during these really difficult times, do yourself a giant favor and check out Chasing Cleopatra, check out Tina's website, check out Changing Shoes, do something good for yourself. Uh, these books and Tina's website are guaranteed to make the perfect antidote to the, all the shelter-in-place and all this awful stuff that's going on. In fact, shelter-in-place might not be such a bad place to be with some wonderful books and a few videos that are going to make you laugh out loud. So while you're at it, don't forget to go out there and show the world just how feisty a woman over 50 can be. This is Mary Eileen Williams at Feisty Side of 50 Radio saying I'll catch you next time. Bye-bye.